welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. And I am your host, Cody McBroom. Today, we have a very, very special guest, somebody I'm extremely excited to have on the show. Uh, We'll probably have to have him on again because we could have kept going on and on. Him and I have a lot in common. We share the same exact message when it comes to nutrition. Um, And it it was really, really cool to have somebody of his stature come on and share that message and uh, be able to really explain the power of what he has created because I've mentioned it so many times to you guys on the podcast, to any coach who has DM'd me or emailed me and asked me what they should do for credentials, certifications, all that kind of stuff. Um, So I am very excited to bring Martin McDonald on the podcast. Martin McDonald is the uh, CEO and founder of Mac Nutrition University. He is also a clinical performance nutritionist, a motivational speaker, and an educator, as well as the CEO of MNU, uh, a syndicate of companies dedicated to the furthering and promotion of evidence-based nutrition. And he truly is an evidence-based nutritionist, and his company, MNU, is truly an evidence-based certification course. And we're going to dive into that today about how a lot of uh, companies and courses and workshops and certifications, they claim to be evidence-based, but they don't actually understand what being evidence-based means, nor do they truly practice in an evidence-based way. And we dispel that today. So we're going to talk a lot about MNU today, but we're going to talk about why MNU is so great. So this isn't a sales pitch, but this is really unpacking the layers behind Mac Nutrition University and breaking down what are the foundations of becoming a great and successful, sustainably successful, I should say, nutrition coach in today's world. So if you are somebody who is looking for a nutritionist or you are somebody who wants to become a truly registered, accredited, and evidence-based nutritionist in the industry, this is the podcast for you. We are going to explain exactly how to do it and we are going to shatter some myths and talk about exactly what not to do so you don't go down the wrong path, which really starts to become him and I ranting about some stuff that we really don't like and have been seeing a lot of in the industry. Um, so it's going to be helpful for you guys to know what to avoid and what to invest your time, energy, and money into. Um, and at the end of the podcast, you will hear how you can get a discount on MNU, which is huge because it is an unbelievable coach. Almost all my coaches are certified with it. I'm certified with with it. I recommend it to everybody. And I'm not just saying this because he's on a podcast because you guys have heard me say this and anybody who has DM me or emailed me, asked me what they should do for education has, has listened to me type this to them. MNU is hands down the best nutrition course in the world. It's the best one that you can get. And I have no doubt in my mind because the integrity behind what they do and how they do it is so evident. So um, I'm really, really excited about this. It was an unbelievable chat. You guys are going to really enjoy it. So without any further ado, let's get into the podcast with the one and only Martin McDonald. All right, Martin, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm really, really excited about this. Uh, I've been a fan of yours uh, for quite a while just because there's so many um, as we were just talking about, so much bad uh, information and insight coming mm. into the industry. There's really, it's few and far between that you find people who are uh, bluntly putting out the truth and educating the right <laughs> way. And I really respect what you've built and I respect how you've gone about it. Um, as I told you, myself and most of my staff has already gone through your certification course. We have a couple more going through it right now. Um, so I'm excited to talk about all this. But before we do, can you give the listeners just a little bit of a brief uh, introduction of who you are and, and kind of what your story is, mm. why you are where you are today. Why do you do what you do? Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for having me, Cody. Um, my, like very, I'll try and be as brief as possible. <clears throat> um, my initial background myself was as a performance nutritionist. Uh, I went through kind of a very 
I guess, typical route of I did a degree, then I did a master's, I ended up doing a postgraduate in clinical nutrition. And um, that was because my, my passion, I suppose, was sports nutrition, performance nutrition. But the more I competed in natural bodybuilding for five years, and it's funny because, as you will know, when you look a certain way, you know, I got abs, people are like, oh, you must know loads. So it's like, you know, it's like, I didn't know anything. I just didn't eat for 12 weeks and, and then slapped on some fake tan, right? Like that's what everyone on Instagram does now. So it kind of, I do, it, in a way, I was almost going about things in the right way through doing the study, doing the work myself, learning about research and stuff. But really what boosted me the most was the fact I had abs, which is embarrassing to say. Um, but I, I then started working with, uh, you know, Olympic athletes. I was the British weightlifting nutritionist over spanning about three Olympic games. And my, my work was loads of performance nutrition, but because the world of nutrition always comes back to, or it feels like it always comes back to body composition, fat loss, muscle gain, no matter who you, you know, I, I ended up working with some big triathletes and, and then I became like the triathlon nutrition guy, you know, for, for a period, maybe 10, 10 or so years ago. And, all the triathletes they wanted just to be lighter like how can I get leaner whilst and I'm like you're burning this many calories and you you know it's crazy um so that was my background uh, and like I said I did the clinical nutrition postgrad because I then ended up working in the gen pop world and obviously you end up working with people who have certain clinical situations I wanted to be able to support them in a very basic way not necessarily treating disease like I never went and did a dietetics degree to work in hospitals but th that was never what I wanted to do um and then from there I, I've always loved social media I, I absolutely adore public speaking and uh, you know I was a lecturer for five or so years at universities and loved doing that but I left doing that because of the red tape and the fact that I was failing students and I was getting told off by head, head of departments for failing students. I'm like, they don't know what they're talking about. Like they have to fail. Oh, well, we've got these targets to me. And I'm like, no. Um, and as you know, the kind of the strap line of Matt Nutrition Uni is integrity, like wisdom, confidence and integrity. And I'm not going to pass people. I, I had one girl who was who retook the year three years running. Um, because it wasn't just like, I wasn't failing her on purpose. I was just marking what was in front of me. But anyway, so it went on from there to then being a bit more of a, I guess, an industry name mentor. We had these mentorship weekends where some of the big names of today uh, came on my initial mentorship, you know, back in 2012. And then uh, it all kind of progressed. People were like, oh, you know, can you create more? stuff can you do some teach can you do some courses and then it all kind of kicked off in 2016 or 2015 I basically said look I might create this course with my then team you know I had I was employing nutritionists and had Mac Nutrition which was our nutrition consultancy we were doing by that point we were doing corporate wellness programs elite athletes professional football teams cricket everything and but I guess me liking training me I don't know the whole personal training industry. I just feel a sense of belonging there, even though I've never worked as a on the floor personal trainer. And yeah, we just, we created this course in 2016 and it just went 
massive overnight. Um, and people would sort of say, oh, you know, a bit of an overnight success. But I'm like, yeah, well, I had been, you know, doing a lot of stuff before then. I had created this, like, I suppose, loyal or just a reputation for being for having integrity for being unwaveringly evidence-based for wanting to put out the truth you know like you said there's so much misinformation and then so you know you have all of the academic stuff behind you you have all of the reputation behind you and you launch something that it was good you know it was really really good and it just fortunately i think the first year we launched it was maybe 30 countries i i don't know how many it is now 65 or 80 or something different countries but yeah, it's uh, that's kind of a rough overview of start to finish, missing out a lot in between, I suppose. Uh, I, we'll, we'll get into this later in the podcast, sure. but I'm glad that you said uh, the overnight success thing because I've uh, I've talked to people about that a lot as well. And I, the first year of my business, maybe two, um, it grew so quickly that I couldn't handle it. It was actually really overwhelming. And it, mm. uh, it was mm. at the same time I was having my daughter. And so it like kind of took me away wow. from being a dad to an infant and yeah. trying to scramble to hire people and stuff like that. And people have asked me that yeah. question. I was like, well, I was a trainer six to seven days a week for seven years straight nonstop. Like it's the only thing I've ever done. So there wasn't really any yeah. overnight success. So I'm, I'm glad you pointed no, it yeah. out because I think there's always this big lead up before, um, now, one of my first questions with MNU was that was kind of why you started it, and you you kind of just explained that. So, I guess was there ever a point that it progressed faster because of the misinformation? I guess I'm wondering, like, if that had any mm. influence because when I came across MNU, oh, I was so excited yeah. because it's it's a a really long course. The way you guys have everything lined out throughout the course is really easy to digest. The the modules are broken up in a very, very, Mm. very smart way. And that you guys cover so many aspects that other nutrition Mm. courses don't cover. And it made me immediately go, why are there any like courses that are a month long or like self-study that Mm. you can knock out in a weekend? It's just insane Mm. that that's even legal to be honest with you. But um, yeah, did that kind of fuel MNU? Yeah. Uh, well, I really appreciate you kind of saying that out loud. There's there's certain things I would like to shout about in terms of we the, people would not believe the amount of thought. Like I, I'm a I'm academically trained as a higher education lecturer. Like I did that. I did the I did night classes for three years. I differentiated learning all this stuff. And like people just think you just throw some information down. Like the way. MNU is built people just wouldn't even realize so it's really cool that somehow that meant something to you mm-hmm. it, it it's done in a fashion where you build week on week module to module so st- and and every and it, and it's worked every single intake like thousands of students people are like man when I hit the beginning of module one it started to take place then when I hit module four everything from module two you know two like one is a good introduction but then like two and three you it, it just all advances you know i want to use say perfectly like I, i'm not saying it's perfect but it's as close to perfect as exists in the world i think genuinely in a in a nutrition course so the the reason it came about was as you said misinformation like the the courses that are out there and we're out there it's it's funny you say as well in terms of the ordering some i don't like to call them competitors because i don't sort of feel really like we have competitors anymore but you know, the the people that we've replaced, their courses are like module one or like lecture one, 
alcohol. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like lecture two, RNIs. Lecture three, the eat well play. Lecture four, fat loss. Le- and it's like, what is this course? Like it's it's mental. And it, you know, the course I'm describing there is actually a year long course. Their, their whole course pretty much now mimics MNU. They just don't do it very well. And, but then you've got courses uh, uh, around the world, which, you know, I've got nothing against some of these other courses. I think they're great starting places. They're quite cheap. Um, and they are, they help personal trainers maybe become slightly better informed on nutrition. Like we all know that if you just do your personal trainer certification, the amount, the kind of nutrition you get there is dodgy mm-hmm. most, you know, 90% of the time. So those courses do progress you along, but you, again, you're kind of left with maybe one method of being able to coach people, but you're also left with a, with a certain amount of misinformation as well. Like, which disappoints me because these courses are written by good people. And unfortunately they've just kind of allowed these little elements of, you know, somatotypes, you know, if you're an endomorph, you need this many carbs. And, you know, if you pinch this skin fold on someone, then it probably means you might be a bit, you know, whatever, low testosterone or lacking growth hormone, like just crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. And then the rest of their course or textbook is mostly evidence-based. So I feel genuinely lucky and blessed you know i saw a thing on about elon musk saying you know i was working 50 or 70 hours you know seven days a week 18 hours a day for 10 years and people still call me lucky and like i've i've worked crazy hard i I know i have but i still feel lucky and and i think anyone who says there's no luck in certain things they're just i don't think it's right i think someone could work as hard as me and not end up where i am and and i feel privileged and lucky that the stars aligned that I can't believe that that another course like this doesn't exist. Like why has no one done this sooner? Because, you know, people have said to me, you know, like Gillette or, you know, shaving. It's like, there's not just one good razor out there. It's like, there's loads and people get to pick whichever one, whereas you can't really go and pick another nutrition course that is evidence-based, like truly evidence-based, you know, that there are also the other courses I didn't discuss. I discussed kind of some, there's just total rubbish that some of the ones, the month long ones you've described, or there's some big, big, big integrative, you know, these holistic Mm. nutrition qualifications in America that are possibly, probably the biggest grossing nutrition courses in the world, probably, I, I, you know, I, that's not evidence-based. I'm just saying like based on their numbers and the amount that they cost and the amount of advertising I know they spend, you, they are huge and they are absolute, complete and utter rubbish. Like they are teaching such misinformation. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I can't believe that there, there are enough, you said few and far between there's few and far between, but there's enough evidence-based people out there doing decent things that I really can't believe I was lucky enough to be the one who brought out the course that now all of the big names are like, yeah, that's the one, you know, like you go to the big evidence-based names, what's the best nutrition course. And they all say MNU. And I just feel so privileged that you know, like you said, you know, all of our coaches, there's, there's no other course I recommend. Like anyone who asks me, I just recommend it. It's like, it's almost not a comp. Yeah. You don't feel bad. There's nothing else you can recommend. You don't go, or maybe this one or this one for me, I go, do you want to work in a hospital? 
And 95% of people say no. And I go, okay, cool. Well, the 5%, you go and do dietetics because you have to. What do you want to do? I want to work with people. I want to change their lives. I want to help them. I want to help them be better at their sport. I want to help them build some muscle. I want to help them lose fat. And you go, there's only one course. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think the misinformation was a huge driver for me in that people were saying to me, what should I do? And I was like, I can't tell you. I don't think there is a good course out there. And then people go, well, why don't you make it? And I'm like, oh, because I'm too busy. And um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the story, Cody, of how it, how I mean, you started, mm. but I, I, I basically had finished working with clients and, and a longtime friend and, and a name in the industry recommended a, a, a very, very wealthy client uh, to me. And I got this email saying, I've heard you're the best nutritionist in Europe. I want to work with you. And I was like, I'm actually the best nutritionist in the world. But um, <laughs> no, I do really say that. I said, oh, that's very kind. But I don't work with clients anymore. I can highly recommend some of my staff. They're fantastic. No, I want to work with you. It's a blank check. And uh, I was like, I'm really sorry. I, I don't work with people. It wouldn't be good. I wouldn't be able to give you the time and attention you needed. Um, but like, please, I can put you in contact with the best person and, and I'll be overseeing it. You're getting me, but you're just not paying for me. No, please come and meet me. Um, and just, just talk to me and we'll see. So I went and met him and, uh, I always tell this story cause it is, it is crazy when you meet people like this, it's, it's, I've never been in that world. I've never been around lots of money and his, his wallet was like, like five mobile phones thick of just 50 pound notes and he was and he he just like tipped the it was at Claridge's in London he the guy brought us these two diet cokes and he just gave him a 50 and I was like oh, I've never even seen a 50 pound note before <laughs> like this is crazy and um he was a lovely man he, like again I've worked with people who are very wealthy and they've been maybe not such nice people he was such a nice person and his goals were so easy and I just said uh you don't need me, you know, you can work with this. And he said, look, and I want to work with you. And I said, it wouldn't make me happy. That's what I said. I wouldn't make me happy to work with you. I just don't think it's a good thing. I, I, we can definitely achieve your goals. And he goes, how much is your happiness worth? And I was like, no way. And so basically I ended up, I came back to the team, spoke to people I know. And they, we basically said, how much would it cost to close our whole consultancy and just write M. It wasn't called MNU then, but write this course because if I could create this course that I've been dreaming of, and and have the money to kind of do so, then it then I, then I could do it. And I told him that amount of money, and he deposited it within in my account within an hour, and it was like, what? This is crazy. And so that's the story. We then just boom, closed our doors, created MNU. And the rest is history. That's wild. So I, I could see why you would say like you're you're blessed and lucky to be in that situation. I believe in karma. I think that when you have uh, patience, hustle, and integrity over years and years and years, uh, it's. I don't think. I think everything happens for a reason. I don't think that situation would have happened to anybody else who wasn't doing the right things. But I also think even if somebody. You know, you talked about the holistic companies that um, these are the ones that I get frustrated with, where people are. are yeah. it, preaching about pseudoscience stuff that you just, there's just no real evidence to back any of it up. Um, mm. And 
those courses, to me, what I see happen is they might have a successful business in one way or another and have enough money and the money influences their decisions on the business that they're going to create. And then Mm. that's why, like when I look at courses that are shorter, it's like, well, how can we cycle more students through faster to make more money? Yeah make it shorter how do we make it yeah. a little bit easier so there's a higher pass rate so we can use percentages to sell more in the next one yeah make it you know and, it, and that's to me why we have so many bad ones versus somebody like you mm-hmm. who's like i mean you somebody had to almost like beg you to create it you created it and you make it longer than the other ones you make it more difficult but in a good way than the other ones you, you don't put any bullshit marketing behind it no pseudoscience that's sexy and it's going to grab you because a lot of the holistic stuff to the average person might be very appealing because it's it's sexy hardcore different you know um versus when we say like uh no your hormones aren't stopping that it's just calories in versus calories out you know like oh progressive overload over time is the key so do the same thing over and over and over again until you get like it's just boring but it's it's honest and that's i think that's what leads to it there's there's a few things like that so we obviously do intakes as well in terms of like cohorts Mm -hmm. and i was told by so many people don't do cohorts you won't make as much money like just have it as a rolling course and people can sign up at any time you'll make so much more money and we we're like i was like i don't care i was like i'm not literally the money is the last thing that that we're doing this for like as well when we created the course when it first was in my head i just wanted to create this cool course that would just help people just take them to the next level not it was nothing like what I thought MNU, well, what MNU is now. It was just be better than everyone else. So, you know, if we talk about everyone else, they're like at 10%. I thought I'll create a 20% course, but everything I do, I just try and do my best. So we did our best and it ended up being like 2000% better than everyone else. And, um, you know, in my mind, I thought, you know, this is just an addition. We didn't, we didn't manage to reopen our consultancy because it just went, and like our whole business now is Matt Nutrition Union. Pretty much we only work with passion project individual clients now because um, MNU just became this beast that I still haven't really tamed. Like it's just, you know, more and more countries, more people want, you know, insure, we have this bespoke insurance policy, as you know, for different countries. And the more countries that come, we have to then go and do, like, I did, I do so much legal stuff now, like ter- terms, conditions, legal insurance. And, I, you know, we have pe- people in the team, but I just have to be in these meetings, right? I'm just a nutritionist. I'm just a guy who just geeks out on nutrition research and uh, and public speaking. And then I'm like, ah, reading, proofreading this stuff and signing stuff off. And even even worse, like one of the things that sets them in your part is we actually regulate our graduates. So I'm I'm there having these horrible, horrible meetings and discussions of like, man, this this person seems to have lost their way. And like, we try to be nice in everything we do, but you're sort of contexting someone saying, and this, I think there's only a handful of people ever we've had to strip them of their title and that was another thing trademarking i don't know if you've ever had a trademarking is bonkers yeah um but trademarking like at the mnu certified nutritionist stuff but like going to these people and going look like i see you're doing this is that that's really not evidence-based you can't be 
practicing as a, I mean, you certified nutritionist and some, you know, fortunately on a couple of occasions, they've gone, look, yeah, I did sort of lose my way. I sort of thought this and, and they've, they've held their hands up. They've deleted things. They've, and it's been like quite heartwarming, but again, it's still, I, I still get nervous, like sending that email to someone because I don't want them coming back being nasty to me. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, we've had people just go F you, like I'm making so much money doing this. I don't care. And, and so we've stripped them their title, removed them from the, the register and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, like regulating students is another reason that it, that we're set apart because even even university, like people are go to uni, do a degree, do a dietetics, do th- these people aren't being regulated. Like the big associations, the big, mm-hmm. you know, um, whoever I, I try not to name people because it always gets me in trouble. But they're they're not regulating. Their all they care about is someone doesn't use their name. So. You know, if you call yourself a dietitian, you like you can bet someone's going to contact you and go, you can't use that. But if a dietitian who's already in the fold, who's paying their fees for nothing and a registered nutritionist paying their fees, if they go and start selling BS DNA kits or like food intolerance, you know, magical crappy things that are not evidence based, we know don't work. They're, they're not going to message them and go, excuse me, you're making all the other registered nutritionists look like mugs because you've got that on your title they don't care mm-hmm. whereas that's and that's why no one respects registered nutritionists no one respects registered dietitians really they re- and, and this is what i say to people don't respect anyone any title respect individuals if someone is as an individual has integrity if it, that person is acting in a, in a way respect them just because they're a doctor just because you know definitely don't listen to most doctors on nutrition <laughs> but just because they're a dietitian yeah don't just listen to them. Like, are they doing things right? Are they, are they acting in an evidence-based way? Um, but yeah, I'm going off. I'll, uh, I'll stop. I'll stop. I think it's great. I, I, you know, and it, I know I've experienced this a lot too, because I've, uh, before I was even an online coach, I was creating so much free content just because I just loved creating free content. Um, and then it like turned into something, but, I talk to people all the time, like younger coaches, and they'll ask me about like Facebook ads or funnels and, and uh, promotions, all stuff. And I'm always like, oh, well, we don't ever discount our coaching and I don't run any ads. I never have, never, I've never felt the need to. And they always ask why. I'm like, because I'm patient. Like I, I do this because I love doing yeah. this and I don't do this to make money. I, I mean, I would have gotten to like life insurance or something if I just wanted to do something to, to make money from the start. But yeah. it's, it's people that have the patience and integrity to just do it right. I actually think in the long run, they probably will be way more financially successful as well because long, I mean, it's only a matter of time before your reputation starts to spread Mm. and spread and spread. And it's the same if you have a bad reputation, right? But that bad reputation is going to kill you. Um, so the transition I kind of want to make right now is, is talking about what things you see that are wrong in the industry. Cause you kind of just alluded to it a little bit, um, with the different things you see, you know, food intolerances, food sensitivities, DNA tests. Um, you know, there's, there's things that are I mean, seed cycling. Like I can think of a million things that people oh. push. It's the worst <laughs> that people push and push and push. And, yeah. uh, this can go any route, but I'm just curious, what are the things that you see that, uh, that make you want to scream, so to speak, you know, like I see certain yeah. things and I just want to like yell at people and, and tell them so badly. Um, and I'm trying to through content, but, uh, um, yeah, yeah, sure. What do you think are like the big red flags you see constantly getting pushed to, to them? Like there's, there's so many of them aren't there. I'm, I'm trying to think of maybe like big ones. Like I feel like with new coaches, there's, 
there's such an emphasis on hormones um and and like hormones wise it's a good selling point right mm-hmm. like if you go uh i just think it's where most new trainers get stuck so they they hear about insulin and they they see some of these bigger coaches who are trying to be uh, f- fancy or um trying to charge more money or trying to sell a course i think this is the other thing is lots of people are going towards selling courses to make money like they're a coach and then they're like i'm going to create a course for you know because my coaching business is getting traction and i'm getting all these other personal trainers or online coaches follow me because they want to know how i'm coaching and i i've got this other audience and i want to make some money so i'll sell them a course on whether that's business or but often it's like oh advanced fat loss strategies I use with my clients and the the typical one are, I'm sh- are you aware of biosignature modulation like the the whole mm. Charles Poliquin stuff no oh wow, uh, that's yeah cool. yeah I, I, a little just, bit I don't want to like shit on Charles Poliquin um, because I think he did good <laughs> as well but there's a lot of things that uh, I la- I've I read years and years and years ago and now yeah. I, la- I actually read a Charles Poliquin book just for nostalgic reasons not too long ago as a yeah. training book and, uh, and it was kind of funny. There was some things in there that I just cracked up at that has like been so debunked yeah. now. Um, yeah, yeah. But so it's just stuff like this. Some of the, those hormones just are such a, when you talk about them, you can almost convince people of anything. Mm-hmm. So you go, oh, this hormone's doing this and this hormone's doing that. And you take this skin fold and this means that. And then, but the, the end advice ends up being like, or the end, end, end advice, which they never say is cut calories, right? If we're talking about fat loss, but the bit before that is then, okay, well, if you cut carbs late at night and you, or you carb backload, or you create some crazy protocol that you probably know cuts calories, or, you know, you can't have any carbs and only have carbs after these sessions, but take these 10 supplements and also train seven times a week. And then you go, but it's all to do with this magical hormone protocol I taught you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make me loads of money. And you're going to get results with your clients, but your clients are completely misled as to why they got those results. And even you probably don't know. And so there's like just people wanting to make money, people trying to sound clever. And I just re- I recently recorded a podcast myself on this whole thing of hormones because people always come back to this thing of like, yeah, but, you know, you, you talk about energy balance, but what if? And then they just create a scenario that's just energy balanced by another name. So they go, well, what if someone is hypothyroid? And you go, well, yeah, you've just changed my equation. Like you're still using my equation. Well, what if someone's got a slow metabolism? Yeah, you're talking about energy. They go, oh, but what about if, and you know, just, um, you know, like they, go on. I was gonna say, uh, I want people to go listen to the podcast. So we'll link that and it's not another nutrition podcast, right? Not another nutrition podcast. Okay. That's mine, yep. Yep, so we'll link down the show notes because it's a good one for you guys to listen to. But um, the hormone thing, like I would love for you to just just briefly uh, just articulate it in a simple way because I think people need to hear this. But sure. it was, like I actually had – so I posted a reel t- this morning that was like oh, uh, cool. kind of about like a thrifty metabolism. And it was yeah. like people get frustrated. You drop 100 calories and expect to lose weight. Well, your metabolism is compensating and then nothing happens and you're spinning reels. Like just cut a little bit more or increase your neat when you do that so the comp- compensatory – 
mechanism yeah. isn't as ex- extensive. Um, and somebody that one of the first comments was like, well, what if you have a hormone issue? And I was like, okay, we'll chop another little bit of calories because most likely, yeah. for example, if you have hypothyroidism, you probably just yeah. have a slightly different equation because you got to cut a yeah. little bit more calories, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, and I see this with the, with like, um, reverse dieting and, and things like that as well. Um, in people will talk about like even, even fats, for example, or seed cycling, like we said, or these protocols, or I had one client that came to me, she was, and I'm not exaggerating. It was at least 17 different supplements that she was taking from her previous coach. Wow. And my first question was like, Oh, who makes the supplement? And she's like, well, he, he's a partner in that company as well. And I was like, Oh, that's fucking uh, weird. But, yeah. um, you know, it kind of boils down to, and I try to tell people is like, don't overcomplicate, like recovering your hormones, eat more, sleep more, train less. It's the yeah. same almost for any hormone, right? So, yeah. but the relationship between energy balance and hormones, like there's a relationship there, but it's not like one over the other. It's just that one influences the other and back forth, right? Yeah, yeah. that's it. And this is exactly it. So it's, so if you, it's a, I'll use an analogy because that sometimes helps people, right? Like, but if you're talking about like boiling water, like that's an energy situation as well. You like add energy to the water and it gets hotter. Like hopefully most people sort of get that Mm. basic concept. So one thing people goes, oh, counting calories, everyone's going to get obsessed. Like you don't, you don't count the amount of energy and I'm not a physicist or anything. So there's certain terminology I'll use wrong here, but you know, you don't count the amount of energy that you're putting with the heat into the water to make it boil you just keep applying heat until it boils but that happens at that point and then you know apparently i'm not an expert but apparently altitude affects how much energy you need to apply to water to uh, make it boil but it's still the same process you're still applying pressure from one thing so in our situation it's applying pressure through reducing calories or increasing expenditure of calories but it's and, and it's a dynamic system the human body is a dynamic system so when we are dieting yes adaptations occur in the body we understand that we're not saying it's this fixed system this you know a seesaw and it just moves like it is a dynamic system when we so you know again people will go well but what about if and then they they like i just they apply a different thing like you said about sleep what about if there's a hormone issue okay tell me which hormone issue you think you're talking about and then they're like well what about if their cortisol's out of whack okay talk to me what do you understand cortisol to do like what what's your understanding well cortisol will stop them losing fat will it like, do you, are you even measuring cortisol in your client or in yourself? Well, no, but so-and-so said, okay, cool. So you don't even measure it. So this is an utterly ridiculous conversation we're having. But what do you believe? Do you know what the role of cortisol is? Well, I, I heard that because it's stress, isn't it? It stops you losing fat. No, cortisol helps with the mobilization of fatty acids, and then you can oxidize them. What do you think cortisol's do? Oh, I didn't. But, but so-and-so said cortisol gives me tummy fat. Like, yeah, but no, it doesn't. Like, like... So you have this scenario of just people making stuff up, but we we do understand that all the different areas in terms of, yeah, when you eat, for instance, whole grains, that's the, that's the other one about quality and quantity of foods. Well, if you, you know, you're going to mess up your hormones eating just junk food all day long. You know, someone said to me, what if you just eat, what did they say? Something like junk food and give themselves hypothyroidism. I'm like, it doesn't quite work. Like, yeah, if you're going to, give me a scenario someone's completely deficient in all iodine 
so that they over the long, long, long term end up not being able to produce thyroid hormones. It's like you're creating this fantastical, weird scenario. Like none of us are telling people just to eat whatever the hell they like. We're mostly telling them to eat normal foods. Like there are the bodybuilders out there who like pop tarts and whey protein. Look, I'm a flexible dieter. Look Mm -hmm. at my abs. Um, But that's not what we're saying here. So yes, dieting will impact hormones, but then you get like the keto crowd going, well, if you do a, if you just cut calories, you're going to mess up your hormones and your metabolism slows down, do keto. And it's like, the same thing happens, pal. You do keto, you don't count calories, you count carbs. If you are in a calorie deficit and you lose weight, your metabolism will slow down. Um, and it'll slow down based on the fact that you one way less and dependent on your genetic tendencies, you may get a level of metabolic adaptation, which keto doesn't get rid of. Like there's no known protocol. I mean, you'll be aware that people are trying to do kind of these intermittent type energy restriction protocols where, for instance, you diet for three weeks and maintain for one and die, to see if we can somehow undo some of that metabolic slowdown. And for instance, resistance training, we do know seems to um, uh, uh, reduce, kind of attenuate some of this reduction in metabolic rate through dieting. So it's like, cool, we should all resistance train. But who the hell's not telling their clients to resistance train in 2022, right? Right, Like everyone. So we're all doing it. And, and you know, sleep, oh, you know, what about if they're not sleeping? Yeah, we're all telling people that they should probably sleep enough. And we know that if you don't sleep enough, when you're in a calorie deficit with, you know, if you only sleep four, five hours, actually the weight you lose, more of that will come from lean stores, from lean body mass than from fat mass. So the equation and where stuff's coming from does change. And, oh, we know that protein has a teeny tiny higher, you know, thermic effect, but it's not a game changer. Like if someone's on 1.5 or two, they're not going to notice. It's just, where do they sit well? So like the hormone thing, and the, the worst one's insulin. Like I, I genuinely had a discussion back when Twitter was a thing. Um, I used to tweet a lot and I genuinely had a guy who had a PhD in biochemistry trying to convince me that if someone ate 500 calories a day and they were all from sugar, that the insulin spikes from that sugar would stop someone um, losing body fat. At this a PhD, this guy must be insane in biochemistry. He like he must be super clever. And I literally was drawing him what would happen in the scenario, taking pictures of it and posting on my tweets. We went a thread, and the guy he wasn't in the fitness industry. He was just he was like, oh my goodness, you're right. Like he we had a proper discussion, which rarely happens on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, He was like, Oh, I get it. Like I get that. That's not possible. I understand what the postprandial and postabsorptive state are. And you've convinced me in terms of energy, the transfer of energy. So, um, but people just go insulin stops fat burning. So if you eat carbs, you're not going to be able to lose fat. It's just impossible. How, you know, insulin stops it. We know that. So yeah, the hormone thing, it's a tricky one. And I get why people get let down that path, but it's, it's not the factor you need to be worrying about. Yeah. I, I, I think it needs to be talked about like this more often. And I think that's why it's why I'm passionate about having these conversations. Um, even though I don't do business coaching, I don't do, have a course or anything mm. like that, but I want to put it out there more because 
Um, I think a lot of coaches get strayed the wrong way in starting their coaching business because it's almost like they feel like that's the only way they can get clients quickly. And that's why my answer is always like, well, don't try to get clients quickly. Go work for somebody for a while and learn how to do this stuff. You know, I had somebody ask me not long ago, um, speaking of the cohort thing you were talking about, um, you know, what cert or like they were going back and forth between some like kind of mastermind thing or getting another certification. And I was like, you should do MNU. And they were like, well, MNU doesn't start till September. And I don't remember when it was, Mm -hmm. but it was, it is a while back, but it was like a, they had to wait. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I was like, cool, I'm going to give you a list of books to read until then. Like, I, I literally think that's what you should do. Just wait. It'll be worth it. And I was like, read Fat Loss Forever, read Muscle and Strength Pyramids. I just started handing, like, just read all yeah. these books. It'll occupy you. They're thick. Like, just go through yeah. them. Um, they're like the most base level textbook style books that you could read. Yeah. And then just wait, you know? And I think it's important for us to be talking about this stuff because there's so much bad, uh, just bad practices to get into the industry because people, mm. like you said, they become a coach. They figure out a way to spam DM thousands of people to get some clients. They get some clients and they go, cool, I'm, I'm going to teach other coaches how to do this. And my thought is always like, have you even had those clients long enough to get them results and retain them properly or like yeah. have good coaching systems from like an actual coaching perspective? Um, but that was one of the things I wanted to just get your thoughts on in general is like this whole like, it seems like just a crazy influx of business coaches now. And it's, and it kind of drives me crazy. Even I've even done some consulting for people wanting to start businesses, but I've never called myself that. I've just said like, I'm a mentor. Like, well, I'll help you with many things, but I'm not a business coach and you have to be patient because it's not, it's not anything that's going to be some quick fix funnel to generate thousands of leads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's something that probably in the last I guess six months I've started talking about more and more. Like you'll know through MNU, through the whole the whole course, naturally, you know, almost not on purpose until we get later on into how to run a corporate wellness program, how to do online coaching, like which comes way later in the course. But all through the course, you'll hear me and other lecturers talking about just certain situations in terms of um working with clients and how how a lead came around and just that real life case study teaching which i think is good and then obviously in the mentoring lab we then have loads more on the business aspect but the more i just see people just going like even someone who's done it for a year or two or even three like i've been doing this for almost two decades in terms of doing the job and i still wouldn't call myself a business coach because I've created say two or three successful businesses in this industry, but I almost feel like to be a real business coach, charging the amount of money that some of these business coaches are charging, like you need to have, you need to have like a CV of like multiple industries because, and then people just selling like, well, this was my method. Like for instance, there's a big, personal trainer in the UK who who's been around in the industry for years and years, made loads and loads of money. And, and then it's basically, and, and basically the re the way they got big and famous was just telling lies, just doing the thing. How do you get famous on social media? Just say controversial stuff. P- 
people will call you out or people will love you, but you get more engagement and you grow and grow and grow. That's what they did. They just, they just talked rubbish for like 10 years and they got loads of following and they sounded super, super clever and they had haters. So everyone, so then the people who aren't their haters love them. They just, everyone loved them, made loads of money. Then they're suddenly a business coach, but unless their method of telling people to get successful is lie and get everyone to either hate you or love you, and then you'll get famous and then sell stuff. They have no leg to stand on. That like that was their method. I saw it happen. And then they literally pivoted. And now they're a bit more evidence-based. And I'm like, cool, now you're telling people to evidence-based. And like you said at the beginning, it's boring. Evidence-based is boring. And you're not going to get his result selling boring stuff, like selling the truth. So there's all these people just like, oh, you know, a couple of years, they've, they've maybe made a decent living for a year and they can show their Stripe account. Look at me, I made whatever. I hit the elusive six figures. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for one year doing one, like make six figures and, and have a, for five years, whilst, whilst then making it sustainable. And I'm also like, if you, why do you need to become a business coach? If you're doing that job, <laughs> Why do you need to become a business coach? But half these people, they just can't make enough money being a coach. So they they go, oh, I'm going to prey on desperate new trainers, Mm -hmm. telling them how to earn 20K. And it's like, it just, it really annoys me, like how much people are charging. And there's some real sickos out there who are like, if you don't put this on a credit card, you don't want it enough. Like, I want to, you know, they're, they're the worst kind of scum. But forget them, even the people just above that who are just stop telling people you can coach them. Like you've, you've done this for a few years. You're you, you, you've got your USP. You're like, not in a mean way, but like you're a really good looking guy or girl. People really have only bought into you because of your ass or your abs. Like you can't business coach someone unless you're going to, they've got your ass or your abs. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, you're that way because of that. You can't, you didn't do anything clever with business. You, you're not an expert in a particular area of marketing or advertising. Um, it, 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 I just really dislike this idea. And then they're charging like 200 quid a month for some crappy Facebook group where they just do a few Facebook lives and they go, do this post create a lead magnet, which is some junky, you know, fast fix to fat loss, whatever. Like it's, it just really ups. So for that reason, I've like, I, I business coach as in with our graduates, loads of them. I talk to them. I, I, you know, weirdly become like involved in wanting them to be super successful. Mm -hmm. And so I have these conversations and we have these live days and, and I end up talking to people, well, you could try this, this could be useful. And, you know, we've started doing more, our graduates who have applied what I've told them and have had great success, we're now getting them back in and talking about what they did and what they applied and what worked, you know, and it, it's essentially free or like it's pennies just to be in the mentoring lab. But it's what what you've said at least a couple of times now, not not rushing, not wanting overnight success, not just like you putting out free content. Why? Because you enjoy it. What happened over the long term? You got great success. Like you, you can't just jump into earning this big money. I, I always say career changers who come and do MNU, you've got it good because you've got a stable income from your current career. 
most of the time. Mm-hmm. Just sit on that. Don't quit your job. Use your weekends and your evenings to now get processes in place, c- create client resources, start start building some trust. Like there's this concept in, in business, like know, like, and trust. Get yourself out there, get people to know you, get them to like you in the way you do things and the way you project yourself and then get them to trust you. And there's lots of ways you can build the trust side of things. And then people who do that, the whole, you know, we've had a couple of crazy situations where this, this one, I say girl, woman, um, just like, just this really sweet woman. I, you have to say woman, don't you? If someone's over 18 and they pay their own bills, they're a woman, right? But just, she's just lovely, right? And and uh, sort of unassuming, no arrogance about her. She just went through the course and she just, I always tell people, take people on the journey with you. Start posting about what you're learning. Uh, show people what you know over a year. So she was just posting all this stuff. And then she basically did this thing that I say, do this post on Facebook about, you know, you've graduated, you've qualified, blah, 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 blah. A few little tips in there. And literally day one of graduating, she had 30 clients. And I was like, I didn't have 30 clients for about three years when I graduated from my degree, my master's and my postgraduate. Like I did all of this studying and didn't do any of that stuff because I was young and a kid and whatever. Um, but yeah, she's like this phenomenal situation and I would never promise people. But the problem is, is if I was one of those scummy business coaches, I'd take her, put her on a, on an advert and go naught to 30 clients in seven days, yeah. give, pay me a thousand pounds. And it's just, it's just a bit of a, your, your advice of, doing things consistently, like you said, seven years, learning your trade, doing your trade, supporting people. People do need to make money. I get that. So they need to find some way to do that. I was poor and happy to be poor for a long, long time. I've thought about posting my um, my tax returns over my career a few oh, times yeah. just to show how long I was poor for. And as in, I was on TV, I was working with celebrities I was working with Olympic athletes and I was still poor because I just charged pennies for what I did. And, and I also spent a lot of time doing stuff for free because I loved it. And that's all people see like, Oh, you're doing these articles, you're doing this information. And then they go, Oh, look, you're on doing this thing on the BBC or, Oh, look, you're working with the celebrity who I only charged like a thousand pounds for 12 weeks work because I thought it would be cool to work with someone with a name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do that. But then obviously over time, you've built this no like trust, this respect. You've, you know, I've been beating the same drum, evidence-based, with integrity, want to do the right thing by people. And then, yeah, things happen. But, yeah, I don't, same as you, I don't like the this whole business coach thing. From top to bottom, it just seems, oh, I'm a business mentor. And it's like you said, have, have you even had time? Ta- Show me client results. Show me tax returns. Show me. Um, there's a guy called Pat Flynn. Have you ever heard of him? He's not in our industry. Um, yep. He's passive income, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he. The, I, I followed him since probably 2005, and he just he publishes all of his tax returns. He's even got on the top of his website like how much money he's made that month. He's so transparent, and I was like, <laughs> you know how people don't talk about money? Yeah. He's just like no arrogance. I make boatloads of money. It's all up here. And he just, but he teaches you everything he does. And 
so you trust him. And then he, he did this thing where he goes, I'm going to take five of my followers and we're just going to create a product based on all of my principles. And we're just going to go into business together and we're going to do these things. And he just did this. And then that like this, he just, it's a new company making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's like, find people like that who are yeah. just transparent through and through um, who, you know, aren't just taking money if, for you to just go and do all the work yourself. You know, they're like really tried and tested, honest, transparent people. So good. I love it, man. It's uh, like I said, I've done a little bit of consulting and it's, I don't charge. Uh, I, I mean, compared to some people, I don't charge much, but I charge way more than a normal nutrition client. Cause I'm on the phone with them every week. Yeah. I'm texting them. It's yeah, like yeah. I'm actually helping, but I don't scale it because it would have to be my whole thing. And I don't talk about it yeah. publicly. It's like a, private DM basis, someone that reached out to me and I'm yeah. like, ah, you're very aligned with me and there's no like other advice I'd give you right now for free. So yeah, let's jump on a call. Um, but I've been yeah. asked like, why don't you, like, why don't you do that? You would put so much more money in your pocket. And I'm like, ah, because that's not why I started doing what I do. Like, and I think people, yeah. it's almost like people become online nutrition coaches so that they can become online nutrition coaching business coaches or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like, it's very, very odd. And, uh, I've just always, I've always felt the same way. And it's like, no matter if you really love this stuff, you'll keep learning, you'll keep growing, keep doing more. I mean, shit, when, when I did MNU, I already had four, five, maybe nutrition certifications. I didn't need another one. And people were like, well, why are you doing another one? It's like, it looks really good. I want to do it. And, and I want to show yeah. my blade. I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. Um, yeah. and I like to do certifications before I tell my team to do certifications so I can make mm. sure it's like a legit certification. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because we, so we have a, a chief science officer on our staff and he isn't a coach, so he's not paid on per performance or anything. It's just like the more clients we get, the more you're educating our coaches, the, the more like we owe you cool. to keep going, you know? And, yeah. um, we, there's been a handful of topics that you talked about that we've covered and cortisol was one of them, for example, and we oh, wrote cool. a, blog, a research review on it and then did a podcast and it was the same thing. It's like, actually worst case scenario, it's going to make you a little bit more hungry and crave food and your adherence is going to suck, but you're not going to store tummy fat around your life. You know what I mean? It's not like <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this thing, but, um, yeah. we are, we're running out of time soon, man. So I have like just a couple okay. quick questions about MNU specifically, and then we can kind of just okay. give the people some insight on how they can get enrolled and all that kind of stuff. But, um, cool. I mean, the main question really is just like, what do you feel like are the big things that actually separate you from the other certifications? Like we've talked about a lot, so I think it's pretty clear. Mm. Um, and I want people to hear the conversation we have because obviously you're going to be biased. It's your company. It's your baby, mm. but we've never met. We've never spoken one-on-one -on -one outside no. of through the course. Right. And so mm. yep. I'm here preaching about it and people listening will yeah, know yeah. this is authentic. Cause I've said MNU so many times. Yeah, um, that's cool. And uh, so I want, I just want to kind of get an idea of, of what you think are like the big things. Like if somebody was, you're in an elevator with somebody and they're like, all right, well, why should I do this instead of, and I won't drop names, but X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, sure. What would you say? Yeah, I, th I should have like, do you know, the, there's this thing in the, I guess it's the business world or the networking world. It's like the one minute, one minute elevator pitch. Yeah. I've, I've ha I haven't got one. I'm not a one minute guy. Mm -mm. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I think for me, the biggest thing, and this is the first thing that came into my head is the, the student support. And I'll explain what I mean by that in that, you can do any other 
certification and that you, on, you've got two things here. You've got certifications and you've got say degrees and like I've done the academic stuff and I, I have employed multiple, uh, you know, degree qualified nutritionists, masters qualified, PhD qualified dietitians, like all of them. And, um, and then you've got the certification side of things. You can most, if not all certifications, you can pick up their textbook, you can read it, and you can take the online multiple choice exam that weekend and you've got the certification. And it doesn't, it, but on the flip side, you can not understand some of the questions uh, or not understand some of the content and no one ever cares. No one ever checks you up on it. No one ever tests it. Whereas if you, you know, you know, with MNU, every single week, you have to get hundred percent on the, the quiz that you, that you do. And then at the end, you've got these, very, very good uh, exams. And, um, but, but during the year, the, the thing I think is different is you have access to the tutors who are academically qualified, but also practicing nutritionists who have worked with elite athletes, who have worked with, you know, who are some of the biggest names in the eating disorder realms, people who are working with, you know, in diabetes specialist clinics, um, you know, performance nutrition, general pop nutrition. You've, these are your tutors on the course and they, we are available 365 days a year, legitimately. Um, so it's almost like you can be sat in a lecture, watch the lecture. You don't understand a word you don't understand a, so I use this thing, uh, a few different things. Re I use the word revert, the, the phrase reverting to type and a non-native English speaker and even some native English speakers was like, just commented on the thing. What do you mean by reverting to type? It, it doesn't translate. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I sort of didn't realize that wouldn't be. So reverting to type is like, in a consultation, you might just forget really that you're a practitioner and you're just kind of chatting, you're reverting to how you might talk typically. And you don't necessarily say the things that are right by the client. You become a bit too relaxed in your speaking. Um, you know, a bit like arousal theory as well, if you revert to type um, when you become over aroused. So 365 days a year, people can check that. They can check their understanding. Did I understand this part of that lecture correctly? And we will respond to them, you know, within 24 hours, uh, you know, if not within hours. And you don't get that on any other course. Like it, it, you do, if you sit in a lecture theater paying $30,000, like we had a residential recently and this, one of the students came up to me and said, you know, I'm just finishing up my bachelor's and I can honestly say, the $50,000 that my dad has paid has been a complete waste of money. And I was like, don't, please don't tell your dad that. Like, just, just don't tell him. Like, I know it's probably true, but don't tell him he'll be so hurt. And, um, you know, compare that to the price of MNU. And he's like, this is the best thing ever. I've got so much more confidence. I actually know how to coach people now. He's gone through a, like, Oh, it blows my mind. But you sit there in those lectures. No one puts up their hands in lectures because you feel embarrassed. Or there's other students who are like, oh, there's Cody again trying to look clever because he understands this and I don't. Like, no one <laughs> asks questions. And then you, at the end of the lecture, you go to the front to ask the lecturer a question. 
you've got five minutes till the next lecture starts. So you're going to be, he's going to give you, he or she's going to give you a rushed answer. Mm -hmm. You might have a nice lecturer who stands with you outside the lecture theater, but there might be two other, like it doesn't work, but we're there all the time helping, checking, you know, checking people's learning, making sure they understand. Um, and this, this one should go without saying, but it doesn't. We are through and through evidence-based. Like I am constantly getting messages. I'm doing a degree at this university. I'm doing, I'm doing dietetics and they're telling us this. I, you know, this, all the certifications, like I don't know one out there that doesn't have some BS in it. And it should go without saying that like all of them are evidence-based. You go to university, but it's not true. It's not, you know, we're out there to be criticized publicly um, people, you know, since I've become a name, since we've become so big, people love to attack me. Like it's, I can't remember who said, it, I think it was like Conor McGregor. He's like, once you're at the top, you're like, you're there to be shot at. Mm. And it's like, I have felt that for the last six years, like the difference between the way I was treated or, you know, everyone wanted me to win in 2015. It was like, yeah, let's take down the big names. Like, Ooh, Martin McDonald, share all of his stuff. And then you become... And they're like, oh, he's forgotten who he was. He's no longer Jenny from the block. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm still the same guy. It's yeah. just like, just because whatever has happened, it's, but suddenly people want to take pot shots and, and whatever. So we, you know, we are evidence-based through and through, and that's what you get. We, we also just don't teach any of the bunk. I suppose that's one of the closing things I'll say as well. We just don't, lots of courses will teach you like, pathways like Krebs cycles or they'll teach you about you know mTOR or they'll they'll teach you about things that are just unnecessary information for you to get results with a client like what's what is MNU for it's so that you can help people so you don't need to know how xyz pathway works with the problem with lots of degrees and masters or even some of these diplomas out there is they're kind of preparing you to go on to maybe do a PhD or you need a certain level of research skills. Like we teach research methods, as you know, but just enough so that you can understand, so you can keep learning. Cause that's what I want for people. MNU isn't the end of the line. It's the last certification I think you need to do, the last qualification, but it's not the end of your learning. And that's why we'll, we update lectures. I don't know if you saw, but we recently sent out a thing with some of the updated lectures um, because there was a few new cool studies that should be in there. There was a few things that I think could have been said better in the times that we're in with non-diet culture becoming a lot of a bigger thing. And almost if you try to intentionally lose weight, you're a bad person, all diets fail. And, not, you know, I needed to give our students and you know, graduates, the ability to explain to clients the, the nuances of that discussion. And so we did it and we gave it out. Like I could go on in terms of what it does, but I just, is, does that explain enough? Do you think of how yeah. it's different? I mean, I'd be interested to know maybe one thing that you think is different because you've done so many. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <sighs> it's funny. Cause like both of those topics I've, uh, I've recently posted about, like I posted one about, uh, body positivity and weight loss don't need yeah. to be mutually exclusive. Like, I was, uh, after high school, I gained weight and got in training, lost 40, 50 pounds and became a much happier and more positive person because I lost weight, lost weight. and I'm going to live longer too. Like there's, you know, it's not, um, and then same thing with evidence-based. And I think that's what, that was the, that's the thing that stands out the most to me too, is like, 
so we run it. You, you mentioned doctors. We, you run into this problem with doctors as well who go to school and they've been practicing for 10 years and they haven't opened a book mm-hmm. since. They haven't looked at a study since. They haven't done any type of continuing education since because yeah. they already have their degrees. Now, not all doctors are that way. However, I've personally had arguments with doctors because they told me something that I knew 100% for certain that a research study proved against. Um, or they've given me advice about, I had one lady give me advice about, uh, creatine one time and how, like, it was like so ridiculous. It was just like, I'm going to change doctors. (laughs) Like, uh, but I think that's one of the biggest things about why your course is so great is because you do have cohorts. You do, you don't rush to get people in. You do take your time. You, in you have to do that if you're going to stay evidence-based because it keeps updating. So you can't create a course, make it evergreen, lower the price and just have people sign up whenever they want and no, do it as a self-study yeah. because you know, you do that this year. Cool. Next year, there's going to be things that need to be updated because more research is going to come out or a meta-analysis is going to come out. It's going to teach us more about a topic um, or more bullshit's going to come out that you're going to have to debunk. And so that's to me, and that goes back to integrity, I think, but that's probably the thing that stands out the most to me is like, it's, I hate just saying it's truly evidence-based because now evidence-based is a buzzword as well. And it's yeah, like, true. Oh, well, fuck. Like, and that's where, that's where our company <clears throat> name tailored coaching method came from because, uh, my company was named after me. And as the team grew, I was like, I need to change this, um, uh, because I'm doing less coaching and I want it to be about what we do. And it was, it was after my nickname, which has always been Cody boom, boom, McBroom. So like everything was boom, boom performance. Cause that's what my blog yeah. was. But then you yeah. got to a point and I was like, people are asking questions like, what is this? Boom, boom, performance. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. kind of weird. Um, so when I changed it, I was, my mindset is like, okay, we are extremely individualized in what we do. But now that's a buzzword. And everybody says they're an individualized coach, uh, you know? So I went with tailored, but yeah. I think that's the problem with evidence-based now, you know? And, and there's also it a difference really is. between science-based and evidence-based. Because to me, somebody who's very in the science and the trenches of research, but has never coached people in real life they don't know what it is to be evidence-based because like you, you mentioned uh, like cyclical dieting or intermittent caloric restriction. Right. And I think the studies have taught us a lot, especially in the fact that it's not some like hormonal magic trick, but there's also certain scenarios in real life that can't be explained in those research studies because they're also not going to find a, a, a large group of moms who have three kids work a job do crossfit are highly stressed and trying to lose weight to be a part of that study they're gonna be like no i got Uh, shit to do they're gonna find college people who are less stressed and stuff so we i think but again being evidence-based is understanding like okay like i'm not gonna shoot the researcher for this because i have friends that are researchers and it's extremely difficult to put on studies yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna know what i can take from it and i'm gonna use my experience to kind of combine the two you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's the beauty of mnu is that you and your entire staff is that way entrenched in the research but also loads of experience that makes it practical you made me think of two things there one one thing that is a is a occasional criticism of mnu by people who don't understand it is they don't understand what evidence-based is and Mm -hmm. we obviously had this definition at the beginning of mnu in in terms of talking about the combination of research but also tying that in with practitioner expertise and where those things meet because research cannot tell us everything it is not science-based it's not i have a study that shows me this it's understanding principles and understanding humans a lot you know i suppose that's another thing that we do relatively well is the human psychology the behavior change type aspects within mnu um and so yeah evidence-based is not this thing of like no 
that I've got a study that says this, like it, I hate that. I hate people who are just like, if a study doesn't show it, then it can't be true. Like we try to get people away from that. We, that was another thing that, that I thought might have come up today that I never mentioned is just one of the things I always wanted was that, that people didn't come out of MNU being calorie counter coaches. Mm. Like I, I really don't like, like we obviously have to talk about calories so much or energy balance because it's this principle, but we, we never wanted, and, and I must say at least 10 times during MNU or Sarah says it as well in, in our consultancy, probably less than 50% of our clients ever counted calories because of the types of clients we work with. So um, that was just one thing. And the, the other thing I just wanted to say was that I feel like sets us apart is that whole thing of not just myth busting, but explaining to people why something isn't X, Y, Z. I feel like a lot of teaching is just done. Here's a fact. Here's a study. Here's the methods of the study. Here's the conclusion. Here's the answer. Here's a meta-analysis. This is what they did. And often... And I think that's why lots of registered nutritionists, degree registered and degree qualified dietitians come out and end up being bad and end up going down the wrong route, i.e., oh, DNA testing, whatever, because no one ever said to them, this thing's rubbish. Because like I was fortunate enough to actually do genetics as part of my published research, like, but it wasn't part of my course. It's just a, a route I chose to take. So I had a basic understanding of of genetics so i i'm sort of able to kind of look through that and then my master's research project was in food intolerances so i kind of use those ones as they're so big I'm, i again i sort of feel lucky i didn't project my future this way but there's such two massive areas that i have a, a more than i guess more than basic understanding of but if you don't teach people those things there are clever people out there who can convince you that doing some stool testing that's an area i don't you know i'm not uh, you know, a super expert on, but I do, I'm able to read enough research and I've been doing this long enough that I understand the difference between what they're studying and actual outcomes. But I think you have to teach people what's not true. You have to bust some myths and why they're not true to give them that from the ground up knowledge of why something isn't correct. And if people don't do that, you just leave big gaps that they go in and fill in themselves through social media or men's health or, you know, whatever influencer that they're, that they're following um, or company marketing they see. So that was just something that again, cropped into my mind as you were talking there. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I think uh, this has been a great podcast. I know we got to wrap it up, but I could probably just keep going yeah, cool. on and on. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good subject and it's something that um, this worked out really well because it's something that both of us simultaneously have been talking more about ironically yeah. enough we didn't realize but um, yeah, yeah. so it's good yeah, to come cool. together and actually talk about this so before we wrap up uh can you let everybody know obviously where to find your content so your instagram podcast all that yeah. but then also um when the next cohorts are how people can sign up for mnu um how mm. to get involved where to go find information on just kind of everything that you can throw yeah i suppose key thing is that that i did for today was so mac mac-nutritionuni.com is where everyone can go it's the new website we've got a new prospectus coming out actually which will be really cool again it's our first ever prospectus now you know six years in we're able to really show okay what's the career progression what's the path for this what uh, you know we've explained to people what prerequisites they need to do the course all that kind of jazz um so that will be there but the, the next enrollments are 13th of july so i suppose 
you know, a few weeks after this podcast is released. And, and just for your listeners, we've uh, done a code, which is tailored life 90. And basically that'll just get them 90% off the enrollment fee. Just as a bit of like a nice qualification of if they're one of your listeners yeah. kind of feel like, you know what, here's a, you've probably, they've probably learned some good things from you over time so they can have a bit of a discount off that knowledge they've already got, you know, not making people pay twice, but um, so they can use that. And then me, Martin nutrition um, is my handle on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. I've same on Facebook and uh, I will do Twitter again one day now that probably it's going to go big if Elon buys it, I guess. <laughs> uh, funny one there, isn't it? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, my podcast, not another nutrition podcast, as you mentioned, um, kind of for a bit more bite-sized information if if people want that. But those are the best places. And yeah, if Mac Nutrition Uni, if they contact us with any questions, like my team are genuinely amazing in terms of the, the sort of customer relations uh, people are, they'll answer all your questions. They'll tell you if you shouldn't do MNU, if MNU is not right for you, you tell them your life story. Like we get these 3000 word, like, this is what I want to do. Blah, 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 blah. Like we had one the other day and the email they got back, I was like, Chloe, how long did you take writing this email? It's like, honestly, the, the response you gave this person. And I was like, we are so nice. I, and that's what I said in the office. I was like, we are so nice. This person has paid us zero pounds and we've basically told them their whole career path for the next 10 years because, but anyway, like contact us. We, we will be completely honest. Like you said earlier, it's my baby. We're biased, but we don't want anyone to do MNU if it's not right for them. Um, I send about 12 emails before the course telling people why they shouldn't do it. Um, just, and I mean it, you know, people go, you haven't, you haven't stopped. You haven't stopped me wanting to do it. I'm still doing it. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm not trying to stop you, but please listen to me. You know, yeah. some people ignore me and then go, oh, I'm that person who's working three jobs and also starting my business and doing this. And I shouldn't have done it. I didn't get the most out of the course. And I was like, I tried. I really tried to stop you, but yeah, um, that's everything. I love it. Yeah, I'll put all that in the show notes. Uh, thank you for that, guys. It's Tailored Life ninety. Uh, I'll put the links, the just uh, the coupon code, all that stuff. Um, you guys have heard me say it. I cannot recommend it enough. It is the most in depth course. It's also spread out over a period of time and taught in a way that is easily digestible. Like it actually is not overwhelming whatsoever. It's it's really easy to take it in and actually work through it at the right pace. Um, and your guys's portal is is so much. I mean, this is where I get like very, uh, I mean, I'm a blogger by like, so like yeah, even like, yeah. like user experience is everything to me and we have an app as well. So same thing. Like that's the, the thing I'm constantly like focused on. And, uh, I was blown away by that because some courses have the oh, worst you. online portal that just makes it just it, that alone takes away from the valuable in, information. Even if it is good quality information, mm. the portal is horrible. So you guys do really good yeah. on every front. Thanks so um, much. Thank you. So I'll link everything in the show notes, uh, for you guys to check out. And uh, Martin, dude, thank you for spending your time with me. This has been great. Yeah, thank you very much for having me.